I just wanted to get a disclaimer. The first episode may contain conspiracy theories about weed growth. Spoiler! Could be mature. Please, do not listen if you do not want to have any spoilers. I am reviewing different shows, movies, TV shows, so if you do not want to hear any spoilers, please exit now. And I hope you all enjoy this podcast. I'm ready and excited to get going. some viewers. Viewer discretion is advised. Be cautious. This is more for adults. Or for those who get permission. Today's subject for Hold Up is Asshole Vikings. An animated drama television series. The series focuses Ginger and her friends, Darian Patterson, Sweetie, and uh, Mason, try to rise from the resistance schools to as they solve many conflicts that come their way. Luckily for Ginger, the most popular in school, Ginger Gertrude, has been taking a liking to her and also includes her in his social plans. He is intrigued, intrigued, intrigued by her inner ginger nature, as Courtney calls her. However, Miranda, Courtney's right-hand woman, makes sure that she is not bumped down from her position by Ginger. At home, Ginger writes her life of lively adventures in her diary. Her younger brother, Carl, is often seen with uh, Fruit in his own side block, and her mother, Liz, is always there for advice, while Ginger Bear is always 
April 2nd. The series took place in the fictional suburb town of Chadwick, located in Connecticut. It's told by Ginger has been recognized for Mentoring Colin Colette. Okay, I love this time as told by Ginger Jackson. Fillmore wants Tony for glasses not to come on her ugly side. When Carl and Teddy Cooper meet the boarding house boys, the voice actress Mrs. Gordon, Caitlin Freeman, passed away shortly after post-production. When Arian cheated on Ginger. That hurt me. That that episode. But I haven't gone back to it. I'm rewatching for like the third time. So I love this show. This is one of the episodes where Judy actually did the right thing by calling Barry out on his growing feelings for someone else. He had to be the only. He had to be the one to tell Ginger the truth, and then dumped her to the waste basis. Ginger and Darian were supposed to be brothers. Let's be real. Simon never would have given Darian a second glance had she worked on the football team or if he still had her picture. All the time Ginger's father didn't show up. It's pretty clear that Ginger's father, Jonah, walked out on him, leaving Jewish to be a single working mom. Only this episode covers Ginger. It's particularly heartbreaking. Oh, I cry. When Jonah doesn't show up to Ginger's poetry reading, especially since the poem is obviously about an absent parent. When Ginger wrote the poem and she was gone from and everyone was confused about it, she chose to walk alone. Thoughts otherwise act wild. Refused to look before her. Kept her eyes up front. Close quiet. I'm not gonna lie. It sounds pretty dark. And the rendition of the poem at the end was just plain creepy. Definitely the darkest episode of the whole show. Number six. When the nurses went on strike and Lewis had to clean houses for money. They can't make me feel bad about it, because I don't feel bad about it. Lewis was willing to do anything for her family, even when Ginger thought cleaning houses was before her mother. Lewis never butted an inch. When Carl didn't want Jonah to come for Thanksgiving, Ginger definitely forgave the father, much easier than Carl could, which was evident in the how it, in how she kept trying to incorporate him into her life. The conflict between Carl, Ginger, and her father made for quite the awkward Thanksgiving dinner. On top of it, number eight, when they found out how miserable Fourteen home life was. Sometimes she gets a little caught up in herself and reminded your children couldn't get the leave on her mother. Her Courtney's father gets arrested and her family loses all of their money. Courtney's dad was a white-collar criminal who needed it. 10. When Macy's parents forgot her birthday. And then when they found out, they began to treat her like a toddler instead of a 13-year-old. 
made sure they were close by for attention during the weekday. Number 11. When they had to watch the puberty video in gym class. I'm pretty sure this was the worst part of my school for everyone. We've seen Ginger's faces say it all. Okay, life lessons learned as told by Ginger. Mistakes are a part of life. You know we're not put on the earth to live perfect lives. Sometimes the right thing to say isn't always the easiest. Sometimes when you expect to say something really meaningful, it's almost impossible to say anything at all. Never be afraid to be yourself. It's a good experiment, especially when you're young. Always be remembered to love yourself. But don't overdo it. Go overboard. Oh my god, I can't believe it. I look even better reflected in the mirror than I did. Yummy. Nothing worth having ends in the end. Being in a relationship just for the sake of being in a relationship is painful. Don't let your hating keep you down. Not all friendships last forever. I had my best friends when Marine something that makes me really happy. And the teaching assistancy for my class. I can look like Ginger, I'll just wear my Ginger shirt. Life can get overwhelming at times, and that's okay. I don't know how anyone can Well, remove the negative people from your life. Wow. Busy right here, looking for my first day goodbye. Oops. Always do your research. It says here if you bite your lower lip for a few hours, it will kill your teeth. Stay in sight and no one's watching you. Don't let the fear of the unknown get you down. I can't even hear the words puberty without breaking into a fit. Well. As told by Ginger, why the show still feels so real after 10 years. So I love this show, and I still say it holds up. It holds up so much. Okay, the Nickelodeon site first made Ginger stop eating more than 15 years ago. Following launch, it continued to expand make her race through three seasons and dozens of awkward junior high situations. At the time, it's told by Ginger was still great to have a real and even personal with self, something that comes across even now, a decade after it ended. For the show's writer, it was personal. A lot of Ginger's stories were borrowed from my childhood and the childhood of people working on the show. Identify with her a lot. Creator Emily tells EW about the time on the show. It was a personal show and it let it be that. The Emmy nominated series follows the adventures of Ginger as she and her friends and their adventures in Puberty and Unknown. Ten years after the Nickelodeon show series finale, EW caught up with uh, Ginger. Uh, absolutely, it was the year that I broke the block power. I think was the year that Welcome the Dog out came out, which was a huge inflection movie for me. And so much identified with that character, and I just kept thinking, why has no one done an animated show that really looks at? agents of that same junior high school age 
was so awkward and he wanted to fit in but you also need to stand out, not knowing how to do both. That was the whole motivation of Coco, just a healthy dose of reality. The show was also unusual in that it didn't seem a bunch of actually teens created and aged. I feel like that idea came from Mark, who was a director that was going to show. I think he actually took that idea, but they grow up and they also change. It just makes so much sense to me to do that because once you give the characters to continue aging every year but they grow up earlier, those make the show feel that much more real and much bland or filler to those animated characters that have enough to get older teens to hear their worlds and even gradually forget that we saw them. Looking back, what were the most proud forms the show run? I'm proud of Ginger as a character. It's not really one for Coco Clint, but to get to help a show about a girl whose dad doesn't show up when she is expecting him to, whose appendix ruptures gets broken up with and has three jerk poems, I just feel like she was such a three-dimensional, two-dimensional character. This part of this is exciting to tell the story that I felt really were rich and complete in a format that I didn't think had really done that before. Ginger's friends with Courtney was interesting because it wasn't what you expected. Was that based on anyone in particular? I grew up in the city and my mom moved us to Westchester. I drew on those years of us feeling a bit like city parents in a world that was suburbs and it seemed like everyone was rich. We had a single mom and it seemed like everyone's parents were married. It just felt like such odd that time period is somewhere. Courtney was just based on a bunch of girls I went to school with. I think they were fascinating by a city character. We were a little grimmer and my mom was never home and we had our own things. Back then it was not as common, so we were definitely a novelty. There was a lot of girls that became so privileged and we had everything at the same time. They were a little bit complex, and Courtney was a little bit complex. I think that she felt a little empty. Ginger and Courtney's friendship felt so real, so she was just always drawn to Ginger and wanted that a little for herself. I love the relationship. Courtney was just a great character. It wasn't that the water ran that deep, but you definitely felt that she had the possibility for more. They did wind up being friends. They really wanted all the characters to be really well rounded and have their own personalities and their own interests and carry their own storylines as they did. How and Hoodie's friendship was one of the most strange. How did you approach telling that story? Carl and Hoodie are so crazy to me. There is some conversation about the boy angle and trying to find an entry point so that it wasn't just a show about teenage girls and their emotions. Woody was based on a friend of Hector, who just
series is Black Cupid's storyline in just that fully element of life. Carl, I just found out after telling her in love they can a family dynamic that the third Carl and Teddy's passions could have gone forever. They were such great friends, a really fun dynamic together. Blake Griffin as their little son and how Blake's little ways make the chemistry dynamic there and he really felt like he wanted that friendship and wanted it to be that little social circle. I say the show still holds up and to this day it's lit. Everyone just loves the show. Their whole storyline is more than just the girls and has romance. It has it's seen Alfred in middle school. Everyone just turned Alfred on to him. I know I did. Okay, I hope y'all enjoyed this. Does it still hold up? And yes, it does.